Hey there, Full Disc listeners. We've got something special for you today. In the current global pandemic world we're living in, we at Full Disc started feeling the huge void being left by the extreme lack of aviating going on. Our good friends at Mudspike Aviation felt the same. We both agreed that something needed to be done. Since we couldn't get out and watch our friends fly, we figured what better way to keep in touch than inviting them into our virtual flight line and having a simple conversation about all things aviation. For seven straight hours, we had live conversations with military pilots, airshow pilots, warbird owners and operators, social media personalities, and photographers. The audio was recorded live, and while there were definitely some technical issues that popped up, we feel that the quality of the conversation greatly outweighs the quality of the audio. Without further ado, Full Disc Aviation and Mudspike Aviation present the following for your listening pleasure. Full Disc Aviation and Mudspike Aviation presents an aviation conversation. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to our chat with our good friend, Chef Pitts. Regrettably, we've lost the first part of this conversation due to technical difficulties, but I distinctly remember the sound of something akin to a chainsaw in the background noise, so maybe it's best we skip that section anyway. Many thanks to Chef for his time. Let's go ahead and jump right into the start of the audio with my man, Chef Pitts. Um, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I'd love if you fill us in on the uh, red and black checkered scheme on your pits and the evolution of that and the inspiration. All right. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I started like everybody with model airplanes. So one of the, in growing up, you know, uh, being eight, nine, ten or so in the late seventies and uh, early eighties, you know, the red devils were flying then. And that's how I got really hooked. So it, it was always a pits for me. You know, I was, that's what I always wanted to do. Uh, what I always wanted to fly in shows. And so there's, you know, and there's a lot of them out there. So, uh, you know, how do you make it unique? So that's kind of how that started. And I always liked, uh, you know, red, black, and silver. That's always a good combination. So how do you do yes. 3D checkers? How do you do checkers with three colors? It never looks quite right. So uh, one of the things I always did as just growing up as a kid, or I still do it from time to time, drawing little cubes as a doodle, you know? And that's kind of how the idea came about. So, and it looks really cool in with three colors. So, and then it's also a little kind of an uh, uh, homage, you might say, to uh, old Rhinebeck Aerodrome up in New York. Um, we, I used to go as a kid in the fall and see the show with the World War One airplanes on Sunday. And uh, so that's why, you know, so it's kind of a modern day, the checkers are kind of a modern day lozenge camouflage, if you will, you know. Um, and the face on the nose is, is an homage to Cole Palin too. Um, you know, that was on his triplane still is actually. So, uh, from World War One. So that's all part of that. You know, what I saw when I was a kid. Awesome. That's, that's really cool, man. Um, and your, uh, inspiration for competing really was, uh, some of the aerobatic competitions in the sixties, was it? Well, yeah, I mean, if you if you want to fly a pits, um, you know, where you're starting from is is, you know, is that it was a world world champion airplane, world class level airplane in the late 60s. So uh, Charlie Hillard winning the world championship in 1972. So um, 
you know, there's a there's a lots of uh, what would you say history to the airplane, you know. So, um, what do you do? How do you do that? How do you start kits? Well, I just happen to be lucky. I was uh, working as a cook and going back and forth up north in the summertime and down south, down here, right near here, actually, um, in the wintertime. And I hooked up with this guy that um, had a decathlon and a, and a two-place pits and started flying with him. And, you know, his question was, what, what do you want to do? And I don't know. I didn't know anything else to answer but say competition. Because <laughs> I thought, you know. <laughs> That would impress him, maybe, you know, or that he would think I was serious or whatever. I just wanted to fly the thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So that's how I got into that. I just, you know, said something I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> 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 but it worked, uh, it worked out great because it turned out to be, of course, an awesome experience. Um, in fact, my second contest flight was... Uh, no, actually, it was my first contest flight. My fir- very first contest flight in the box um, was uh, solo. That was my first pit solo, too. Um, he really? Said, yeah, he said, go, just go take it yourself. And, <laughs> and I, was, I was at Sebring, yeah, in 96. Uh, and we're sitting there, and we're waiting, you know, and starting to think about going, you know, we're watching the other categories and stuff. And, and uh Back then, you had 30-something pilots and sportsmen alone, you know what I mean? And you had a dozen unlimited pilots, you know? So uh, um, it was, there was a lot of people flying all the time. And, um, you know, thinking about getting out to the airplane and stuff, and he says, just take it yourself, you know? And the first thing I thought of was, how's the spin going to be different? Because he's not going to be sitting in the front seat, you know? And he's like, nah, it'll, it'll be fine, you know? And, uh, <laughs> <I didn't laughs> and trust. so that's what I did. Yeah, so that's what I did, and and uh, yeah, I got fifth place in that one. Yeah, so I got a, um, yeah, that was really cool. So that was a big, that was a big moment that first time flying that airplane. It was an S two A by myself. That was pretty cool. Do you uh, did you have the the sewing needle hand before you climbed in the cockpit? What, what I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Oh, shaky hand. Nah, you, I mean you just you go into you know, the mode that you need to be in, which is try and get through the sequence that you practice a million times, it seems like, you know what I mean? And and just do yeah. that part, you know? So that was probably, in retrospect, it's probably uh, very crafty of him to do that because you don't have time to think about anything else. You're just trying to think about being in the right place before you go in the box and not doing anything dumb and then, you know, get through the sequence. So, yeah. and get back time on the ground. Trust. So. Yeah, so uh, no time to think about anything else. So <laughs> it's pretty cool that harkens um, back to a lot of things that you know we as musicians kind of do. Like we learn all these skills and everything, but you get into the space and you you forget all that and you just do it. I think you know you're describing exactly that. You're kind of thrown in the place in the fire and you just go do it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, you. It's, you know, sometimes you just don't have a choice. Right. You know, you just, you have to do what you got to do, you know? Um, and kind of an offshoot of that is like when you go, you know, when you're actually in the shows, let's jump ahead now to being in the air show. You know, one of the cool things about it is that you, that place, that little space there, um, for me is a, 
for me, it's about 3,000 feet square, right? Right, that's right over the airport or wherever it is, right? Yeah. But that little space is mine for 10 minutes, you know? So, uh, and once you're diving in, you know, um, in my case, it's always a, a right turn coming from left to right. As you, you know, soon, really when that turn starts, is when everything shuts off completely, the outside world shuts off and you're just completely tuned into what you're doing at that spot in that time for those eight or so minutes. So that's really the cool thing because you're it's hyper concentration, you know, and being in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I think the um, moments like that, the, the pleasure in the technique kind of falls away and you become the aircraft. Sure. And that's why the, the great, you know, the greatest airshow pilots, they show that, you know, uh, like it, it, they feed off their environment, you know, and some fly the exactly the same show routine and some mix the, you know, mix it up a little bit, but they still are flying the same maneuvers that they always fly. You know what I mean? But they, they're more, there's certain ones that are more in tune than others, you know, to that, to the particular place and the time. And then, of course, just doing it safely, you have to be aware of all that anyway. You know, just the physical factors, you know, that the, the density, altitude, and the wind, and all that stuff, of course, is all part of it, you know. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you do have, a lot um, of... Sorry, Nick. I was just going to ask a question. Um, in, in your routine... Ever like add a specific maneuver as time progresses and as um, like different different venues? Sometimes maybe there's a maneuver that you don't want to perform at a specific venue. Sure, absolutely, yes to all of those. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, like like high density altitude, you know, is in, that's an easy one to answer. So there's a show in Hot Springs, Virginia. It's the the field elevation is four thousand feet, and then it's usually you know, 8 million degrees too. Um, I've flown that a couple times. So the density altitude is like 7,000 feet, something absolutely crazy, you know, especially for me, because I'm always at sea level, even in the heat down here. But so, you know, there's a, uh, uh, I do right rolls up and then do a spin down and it's um, usually two turns going down. So I just don't even do the spin. Don't even bother. Yeah. You know, because the thing's falling out of the sky. So, <laughs> um, you know, there's things like that. And then, like, geographically on the ground, sometimes I've developed my routine so that I don't have to really change it at all anymore. I used to have to kind of change little things, like if the aerobatic box had a little cutout in it, you know, like, say, for, they're usually, it's funny, but they're usually for prisons um, or industrial parks. Um, so the box will have this weird cutout. So I'd have to change something or change a turnaround or something. And now I've kind of, I've flown enough shows to know how to construct that so that it fits everywhere. You know, that's my personal goal is that it flies the same show everywhere and that it fits everywhere. I don't have to change anything. Oh, man. Um, in your routine, you do a lot of uh, pushing for the listeners that's pushing forward on the stick and the blood goes to your head and then you're looking at the ground. Um, can you tell us a little yeah. bit about how unnerving that is to be pushing <laughs> forward and seeing the ground coming up at you and then leveling out upside down? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, and again, that goes back to um, when I was a kid. And that came from Jim Parker, watching Jim Parker, um, and specifically his inverted ribbon cut, you know, his double inverted ribbon cut. He'd cut the bottom one first and then come back and do the top one. Wow. Um, in, a, in an S2A, in a Pitts S2A, up, uh, he still lives up in uh, Sugarbush, uh, Vermont. He was a Pitts dealer then and an instructor and all that. And, and so that goes back to watching him. I read somewhere where he had um, over a thousand hours flying time just upside down. So <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's pretty cool. You know, maybe I can do something with that. You know what I mean? So, uh, so that was kind of the interest of it, you know? And um, like when I had, I had this S1, I was flying for a while, I took care of it for the guy and he let me fly it. And, you know, I did like a short cross country upside down um, <laughs> just to do, not very far, you know, but just to do it just for fun, you know. Um, because. See, <laughs> just because, why not? Right? You can, yeah, why not? <laughs> um, like getting used to it down low is, is you know, it's not a, uh, um, you don't just start doing it. You, kind of, you gradually work down to it, you know. And the yep. biggest thing flying upside down is just to be, just to relax. And uh, so you, the belt's tight and all that, you know, all that is all necessary, of course. But when, if you ha are tense just because you're upside down and, and you feel the pressure in your head and all that, then that makes it worse. So you just have to relax. And, and, there, and again, every pilot's different too. You know, if you watch Patty Wagstaff's video, you know, when she's snap rolling around and you see her kind of going up and down in the seat, her, her lap belts are super tight, but she leaves her shoulder harnesses just a little loose. I don't, I do the opposite. I have them very tight. Because I have to see underneath the bottom of the uh, of the top wing, I have to be able to see in front of me, you know. So it's all everything's it's all different, you know. To me, it, it would be uh, especially weird if you did if I didn't have a top wing. I've never flown an extra or anything, so I don't. I've never flown upside down without a wing there. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I think that would freak me out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What would freak me out is being 25 feet above the runway upside down, then trying to cut a ribbon. Um, you explain that maneuver and uh, working with Patty Wagstaff, uh, being that sure. low. And I've seen your videos and you're working the rudder pretty good, kind of wiggling around um, and lined up, lined up and everything. How much is it rudder? How much is it pushing on the stick and kind of moving it around to get that spot? Right. Yeah, it, well, it all, again, it all depends on the wind, you know. Sure. Um, yeah. Titusville had a real had a pretty good crosswind, um, and some of them had you know relatively little wind. So, and it depends how kind of lined you up. Are. As soon as you get upside down, as soon as after the roll, you, you know, you spot the ribbon. So, um, but just down low, you have to just do it in gradual increments and you just gradually get used to it, you know. Um, and if you think about it, it's not terribly complicated. You know, most pilots, I think most licensed, just private pilots could probably fly down the runway right side up at 25 feet. You know, um, it's not, you know, and you don't, you probably, and, and you wouldn't even think about it. You know what I mean? Now, upside down, <laughs> you're just getting used to what it looks like you know uh -huh. and and the ribbon helps because you have something to really concentrate on that that's your what you're heading towards and you know you can 
I do it so I can see it just before I roll. I see that center part, you know. Mm-hmm. So then when I get upside down, and the pits is, is fun that way too because with the Cabane triangles, the strut triangle that's in front of you, it's like a gun sight. So if you have that, your target in the middle of that triangle, you know, you're doing pretty good, you know, because yeah. that's where you're trying to put it. You're just trying to put it right on your nose, literally my nose on my face. Because <laughs> um, my eyeballs are right in the middle of that triangle, yeah. you know. So, and then the, the rut, you know, you want to, you're keeping the wings as level, you know, you're keeping it pretty level and you're just ruddering it to do the final adjustments, you know. Okay. Um, and, you know, if you're off a little bit, you'll see a lot of rudder, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, uh, yeah, so you're just chasing that thing, just chasing that middle, <laughs> that middle thing. How and, satisfying uh, is it to, to nail it, bring it right down the gun um, barrel? in your face pretty pretty darn satisfying yeah <laughs> cool it's pretty exciting you know um one of the things with, that patty was saying when we were working on it um was she's like yeah it's like uh one of the things was it's like in slow motion you know and it kind of is you know because you're concentrating on it and then you see it if if you put it right on your nose you see it you know shred across the windshield you know what i mean and, and yeah so, it, 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 you know, there's a little time, you know, uh, variation there. Um, so, yeah, just because I think you're concentrating so hard, you know. When prepping, when prepping for that, uh, you know, when you first started uh, um, getting ready to perform that um, yeah. tra- training, how, how many tries did it take for you to, to then finally hit the ribbon? Um, when I went to do... The, the very first one, I missed it on the first pass by about a foot. I was about a foot high. <laughs> and then I came back on the second pass and did it. Oh, that's, awesome. that's pretty good. Yeah. The, the, the flying upside down, down low was done. There's a lot of that, you know, but bef- like the actual having the poles out there with a ribbon across it, um, I missed it the first time. Yeah. I got it the second time. Here was the first time that you actually put, because I remember seeing you in uh, at um, Patuxent River. I think it was in uh, maybe 17, 2017. Yeah, that was before I was doing it. Yep. Okay. But I used to do the dead stick. I did the dead stick there. That's right. Um, That's you did because you were right in you were parked right in front of me. So yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. Um, I remember Bob Hoover passed away like a week before that. Um, so I, when I did the dead stick, I dedicated it to him because that's why I, that's why I did that because I saw him fly at, at the air shows when I was a kid, fly a strike. And that's cool. And that's an awesome <laughs> maneuver to see. That was I, I had the privilege of seeing that, so I see how inspiring <laughs> yeah. that is. Yeah, but the first one, the first ribbon cut in a show was in Manassas. You saw that. I think we saw that yeah. that first ribbon cut was it uh 2017 2018 i don't even remember now i think eight yeah, it was. yeah I, I remember that yeah after one year it's like a few years ago <laughs> right yep that's one yeah right uh that's one well that's one show i go back to all the time so um you know it's nice when you have shows like that that you go back to and, and you've been to so been there so many times you forget what she, which year was which you know that's nice. That's where, yeah. we, that's where we interview you. <laughs> interview you the first time. 
met up Correct. with you over there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, think, yeah, I right. think I also have the picture of your GoPro separating itself from the aircraft when you hit the ribbon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It. it tore the tore the can. Yeah. Tore it off. <laughs> smashed, smashed it all over the runway. Um, I still have that file on my laptop. It's as uh, here go, uh, GoPro from Manassas because I can't open it, but I can't bear to throw it out yet. So I'm waiting for some technology along that I can open this card that's been, uh, you know, destroyed in the in the ribbon cut. Well, if anyone's a tech wizard in the chat, reach out to Chef and uh, <laughs> with Solid because I'd love to see that footage. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Last thing you um, see is the ribbon. Yeah, and right. then a tumble, and then the runway rising to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> And then cut to static. Um, <laughs> you, uh, I've always my my personal favorite is always going to be your torque roll, and especially the past few years when you've yeah. incorporated the purple haze into it with right. the purple smoke on the wings. Um, uh-huh. You explain how it kind of feels to like essentially helicopter in the air, and then you're backing down through your own smoke and it's uh, IFR yeah. for a minute, and you kind of lose the horizon yeah um Um, yeah it's awesome (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is (laughs) that's the short answer it's so much fun it's the most fun maneuver i think you know Uh, and again that goes that goes back to when i was a kid and 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 then i mentioned charlie hillard already um the torque roll was the maneuver he he used in part you know it was something that he developed and debuted there in 1972 and beat the russians so um, that's why there's a torque roll in every aerobatic routine in some form or another. You know, that's really a tribute to him and, and I think a little bit to the pit special, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I'm a little biased, of course. But, um, uh, you know, because my airplane is very similar to his, what his was in 68, you know, 180 or, or so horsepower S1, you know. Aesthetically, it looks a little different. But... So it's really the same, you know, you can kind of feel like you're there in a way. You know what I mean? There's a lot of history there and a lot of uh, mystique to it. So, um, but just doing it is so much fun because it's, you know, and especially the wingtip smoke, because, you know, most airplanes, you see a yarn, piece of yarn out there. And that's how you tell that it's starting to go backwards. And I have the smoke out there so I can see the smoke shift and and start going back and you feel it too you know when it's gonna you know even without the smoke you know when it's starting to go backwards yeah and um you know and, and it's just the ride going backwards is pretty fun you know with stuff, <laughs> <laughs> the smoke going backwards um yeah um yeah and with the, the more smoke the better right i mean of course yeah of course. Yeah, I just yeah, asked so. the Frecce Tricolori, the, the Italian demonstration team. They love smoke. Yeah, right? Yeah, with the, the dye and stuff. I messed with the dye <laughs> a little bit um, for the engine smoke for mine. Um, I was on to something, and I was going to have, you know, red smoke or whatever. And so, But there's a um, – I can tell you it doesn't really – it doesn't work. It doesn't look like Tricolori at all. And there's, this huge, and there's this huge red stain on the ramp out in front of my work <laughs> for me messing with it unsuccessfully. Airport managers <laughs> don't like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, I don't know. We'll leave that to them. Leave that to the Italians. Like, no. <laughs> One thing I noticed is that, like, especially with the with Pitt's um, owners, very very loyal. I mean, in the sense that you know, you talk, and I've I've heard other other like Jason uh, uh, Flood, for example. You know, just the, the way you guys talk about the Pitts is 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 incredible. It just shows that there is a, a true love for the aircraft. Yeah, well, sure. I mean, it, everybody loves their own airplane, you know. Uh, th- there's – Pitts has something extra to it, I guess, you know, uh, in my eyes. And like you say, in any Pitts owner or, or Pitts pilot, for that matter, if you've flown one, then you understand, you know, you understand how cool it is. You know, it's just a cool airplane. And – uh you know, and you can get in, in you can, once you get into it, you can like it for a bunch of different reasons. You know, you can like it because it's a super high performance airplane for very little money, you know, for a single place, you know, um, easily get into one for less than an SUV, a decent SUV, you know, um, to the history of it, you know, I mean, go over and beat the Russians with an airplane you can build in your garage is pretty cool. You know, in 1968 and or 72, rather, um, and then just to be good enough to fly fly one and take it off and land it and and be competent, you know, is a is a, a nice box to check, you know. So and some people don't go don't move on from there, like me. <laughs> you know, I just it, you know, it's just so cool. Yeah, absolutely, man. We have uh, reached the end of the interview portion. Maybe we move on to some uh, Q and A. Photography ish has asked. I'd love to hear uh, some about competitive aerobatics and what uh, your experience has been like. How it's possibly influenced your air show flying or flying in general? Yeah. um, Well, I only flew two contests. I flew that one uh, where I had my um, pit sole, and then the next one. in 97 um and um i won the second one i gotta throw that in there i'm in um um, but the you know that's a most air show pilots if not all i mean i'd be hard pressed you'd be hard pressed to find one that hasn't flown competition aerobatics so um the and the thing about it is that it's sanctioned you know, it's going to be as safe as you can make it, you know, because you're up high in the, um, uh, so you have room and you have safety pilots in the, in the lower categories and all these things that are all just beneficial to learning to fly aerobatics precisely. Right. So, and that, and that box is very small. The box is only, um, uh, about 3000 feet maybe in each dimension. Right. So, um, there's, the smallest air show box I think I've flown in is 2,000 feet. So if you can do a complex sequence of maneuvers in an air show box, or a, rather in a, in a contest box, um, you know, and correct for wind and all, do all these things that you have to do, um, then, of course, you're going to be, that's an excellent foundation. You know, how could it not be? Yeah. You know, and he, even some of the procedures are the same, you know, because when they dive in, for their sequence, the bot that box is theirs, 
You know what I mean? They're the only one flying and, and the space is protected and, you know, those kind of things. So it all, it all you know, part of it for sure. Man. <clears throat> well, um, that's a great question. Thank you. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, I guess I got one more uh, quickly before we sign off sure. here. Yeah. Um, how does it feel to have the entire airport to yourself? 10 or 15 minutes or whatever. It's pretty cool. Like, you know, when you're in, when you're flying the show, you're not thinking about that. Of course, uh, you know, you think sure. about it before or after, I think more, <laughs> you know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah. It, just in some of the places that you fly, I mean, it's pretty bananas, you know, like, well, like Manassas, for example, right. That's inside the, the airspace they have, the protected airspace, you know, that's all around DC. So you got to, um, you know, uh, if there's pilots out there that aren't familiar with it or, or maybe non-pilots, you have to have, you take this online course to be able to fly in there and you got to make sure you get it right, you know, or you're going to get shot down or, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very serious stuff, you know what I mean? And then when you get in there and you're flying the show, they actually have to um, reroute uh, airline traffic. Just They have to shift it a little bit, reroute maybe too much, but they shift it a little bit into mm -hmm. Dulles while the show's going on. And then when you're in the show, you know, every airplane has a flight plan. So all these things make it crazily complex, right? For, for, to organize it and do it there. And then you can go in there and just tear ass around for 10 minutes. It's so much yeah. fun. So. <laughs> you know, in the middle of DC, it's, yeah. you know, that's pretty, I don't know. That's pretty great. In an airplane that I built in my garage. Yeah. We didn't even you get know? to talk about that. Right. I have to be a I story mean, for another day, right? Yeah. yeah, for sure. Just to be able to do that is is pretty fun. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Well, thank you very much for joining us, dude. This has been a, a great time. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. Good experience and always good to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. Time flies when you're having fun. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to do this again sometime. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, be sure to check out Chef Pitt's air shows on your social media channels. And if you've got a second, please fill out the survey pin to the top of the chat thread so we can improve upon what we've started today. But uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for tuning in to this aviation conversation. We hope that our discussion of aviation brought a smile to your face. This was our first time hosting this event, and we look forward to doing it again in the future. We welcome any feedback to improve these future events. You can find Full Disc Aviation online at www.fulldiscaviation.com and Mudspike Aviation at www.mudspikeaviation.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.